Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Refs Podcast. I am your host, Charlie Kale. I'm a former Division I soccer player and professional soccer player. This is a podcast where every week I come on and talk about the mental health following the retirement from sports, because I believe that is just as important when you're in the sport as it is when you're done with the sports. I also bring in guests and experts to talk about their experiences and give tips on how to repurpose yourself after sports and how they have repurposed themselves. I cannot believe I'm already 10 episodes in. I'm so excited and so honored to have been able to interview such amazing athletes and get such amazing tips and tricks on how to repurpose yourself after sport. This week, I was able to interview someone I have been waiting to sit down with for so long. She has such an amazing story to give and something that I believe is super relatable. Taylor Cohen is a former soccer player out of Washington University in St. Louis. While she was there, she was at NCAA Division III National Championship and also received several accolades, such as all-tournament team in that game. Besides that, she also received Jewish Sports Review Rookie of the Year and was a Maccabi Gold Medal winner. In between all of that, she also played professionally in Germany in the League 2 Bundesliga. Besides that, and not only that, she is also an advocate for mental health in the life after retirement from sports. She actually just started her own business, in which we talk about in the episode. She gives such amazing tips, such good advice, and gets really into what it feels like when you don't really know what you're going to do after sport and when things are thrown your way that you are not expected. We have such an amazing conversation in this episode, and I cannot wait for you guys to listen. Uh, You could also follow everything that she posts on Athlete that I tag in, and also she's tagged in the Instagram and the social media pages. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the conversation, and I hope you guys like it, and let me know what you think. I would love if you were able to leave a review, but yeah, I hope you enjoy episode 10. I was so excited and so happy to be able to make this for you guys. Today I have on a very special guest, Taylor Cohen. Taylor, first off, thank you so much for coming on to the Reps Podcast. I'm so excited to talk with you today and just hear your perspective and hear your life story and how you repurposed yourself after sports because I think you have a really interesting story to share and something that a lot of other athletes and a lot of other people can relate to, if not only relate to, but also they can get some new understandings on their life and new understandings on how they could repurpose themselves and also possibly learn a few new things. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I'm so happy we're finally able to connect. Yeah, me too. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here just to be able to speak to my experience and to connect with you and just honored that I'm able to be here today. So thanks. Amazing. So just to start off, everyone, Taylor is someone I met through a mutual friend in the soccer community. It's so big, but at the same time, it's so small and everyone knows someone in a certain way. And I'm sure we still even know more players. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Every time I reach out to people, it's like you always are one person away from someone in the soccer world. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. And also everyone has such a unique experience when they are playing and everyone goes through such a different path, which can affect affect that person who you are so differently. Absolutely. And it's so unique listening yeah, to everyone's stories and where we might have overlapped in certain areas, especially as women in, in the soccer world too. 
Oh, yeah, 100%, especially since um, you have such an amazing background. You were a NCAA D3 division champ, all-tournament accolades, and you also went on to play professionally. I think even like in that, it's so big, but it's so small, as we've been saying. And then you went and played professionally, which is so amazing that women now are even like able to do. Yeah, that was an awesome opportunity for me. I had an incredible kind of undergrad career at WashU, and I was so grateful for my experience. I think playing at D3 allowed me to have a full, well-rounded college experience um, with soccer yeah. and school itself and meeting people, but wasn't ready to be done at the end. So yeah, having the opportunity to play professionally overseas was amazing too. Yeah, and not only are we connected to that, but we also played both in the Maccabi games, which I think is so amazing because that's even another circle that we're kind of connected. And for those of you listening who don't know what the Maccabi games are, it's basically the Jewish Olympics. Is that how you would describe it? 100%. I tell that to everyone. I say it's the Jewish Olympics. It's the second biggest sporting event in the world, but nobody knows that right behind the regular Olympics. <laughs> And I know. It's so crazy. When I was explaining to people what it was, they're like, I've never heard of it. I'm like, how? It's so many athletes getting together and playing, and it's just such an amazing opportunity. It's like, I believe it was 10,000 athletes last summer from 70 different countries around the world, which if you think of that, it's just this massive stage. And that's what I came together, you know, on the opening ceremonies. I looked around and there's mm -hmm. 10,000 athletes, but 40,000 people in the stands, parents, family, friends who are there for that. And it doesn't get enough coverage as its own discussion, but it was this amazing, yeah. amazing experience. Yeah. No, definitely. And I mean, I played in 2017, so I don't even know. That's so long ago now <laughs> that it's definitely probably different now since you did play last summer, right? Yeah, but it was still this incredible experience, this overlapping of culture, community, sports, connection. Um, it's just super powerful, you know, Jewish athletes from all around the world. So it's amazing. So was that your last time that you've actually played soccer or did you go play professional af after? So my story, I kind of retired three different times from sports. Oh, okay. Technically <laughs> in the last couple of years, just because of COVID. And I feel like a lot yeah. of different athletes might be able to relate because they had to make really hard decisions the last couple of years. Those in college, were they going to take the extra year? Were they going to transfer? People who are playing overseas and all of a sudden your season was shut down. Do I wait it out? Do I come back? And I experienced that multiple times. So my wow. process was... After college, um, I decided I wanted to go chase the dream, go play pro, and COVID hit my senior spring. So I was already kind of committed to going and trying to play pro. When everyone was out partying all spring, I decided yeah. <laughs> that I was going to go to these camps and go to tryouts and go to the draft and talk to agents and do everything. I was already 100% in on that path, and then the world shut down. So at that time, I had to make a really hard decision. Was I going to keep playing or not? Or you know, get a job from the business education that I had in undergrad. And I decided to keep going because everything was so uncertain. And that was something I was certain about. I wasn't ready to be done. Um, went to Germany, played soccer in Germany, and then was there for about half, or one full season in the fall, but half of my contract, because again, the world shut down and we were on lockdown and I was in my apartment yeah. and could barely even leave to go get, you know, groceries, let alone, were we going to have a season again? Um, and that was probably the hardest decision I've ever had to make to stay and wait or return to the U.S. and get a job. And I decided that was when I was going to get a job. And <laughs> I worked at a sports agency for a year and a half in Chicago, but I still had that itch because I felt like I didn't get to walk away from soccer on my own term. Mm -hmm. 
And that was really, really, really hard for me. And so the Macabre Games presented itself as an opportunity to play one more time. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel like almost every time something bad does happen, there always is a silver lining to it and something good is always waiting on the other side. Like if this didn't happen, maybe you would have never gone and been able to play in Israel, which is such an amazing experience. But even going through all those different emotions and all that different stress, it's not easy, especially when you want to keep playing. You know your body wants to keep playing, your mind keeps playing. It's like your dream, and you don't just want it to end. You don't just want it to die, especially when you have this outside factor such as COVID, which just kind of came in and ruined everything and just left so many uncertainties. Yeah, and I think, too, with people even who have to walk away because of injuries or other reasons, it's the same thing as, like, not – being in control of that situation and not being able to walk away in your own terms, which is the hardest thing for so many athletes. And that was definitely a big thing for me in the months after that decision when I came back from Germany was really, really difficult because I had these plans in my head. I was going to play a couple years overseas, try to come back and play the NWSL. I had this whole track in my head of what I wanted it to be. And, you know, life happens and you are forced to walk away and, and how you deal with that in the aftermath. Um, is, is the most important, but I definitely had months, which I think every athlete can understand of that feeling of when it's all said and done, maybe not the way you wanted to, to leave on can be really hard. Yeah, definitely. Involuntary retirement is actually like proven. Those athletes have more of post-depressive feelings and just like kind of identity loss because they have, they weren't prepared for this. Like, no, you can prepare for it. But if you're not prepared, as I said, from these outside factors, it's even worse because it's like, oh my gosh, not only do I have to think about like if I want to keep playing, but I wasn't even prepared for what is to come next. Exactly, which is why I think the second time, or I guess the third time around for me after the <laughs> Maccabi Games, I knew in my head this was my my last dance. Like that was going to be my last opportunity when I walked away at the end of that. I was good. I left soccer the way I wanted to, but I didn't have that after Germany. And that was those were yeah. hard, hard months. So I definitely, I think I'm maybe a rare athlete that I got both ends of it, that I actually was yeah. able to come back and then have that ending that that I wanted, kind of a storybook ending for me. But I definitely felt a lot of, of the lower moments um, after the first time. What can you maybe just explain some of those like feelings you're having? Because I know others are definitely relating to it. That's something I'm also going through. And I think just actually explaining sometimes even how you're feeling is just such a good way to like get it off your chest. And a lot of athletes have struggles with, as Mm -hmm. you know, like actually explaining how they were feeling. So maybe you could lend a little story on that. Yeah, definitely. When you said identity, that was the biggest piece for me. I 100% went through an identity crisis. And it was it was the moments kind of as I was making the decision that were really difficult, a lot of emotions, a lot of tears, of not really sh- sure, you know, what is the best decision here. Um, and I actually called a lot of old coaches and players, but I felt isolated too, because yeah. I was the only person out of my friends, out of my immediate friend friend group and teammates that had to make that decision. And I felt like I was alone in my emotions because a lot of my teammates had made that after college. They, they were ready to be done. And because I kept playing pro and, and playing longer, I was 
the only one doing that at the time. They were all living their lives and, and having jobs. Yeah. And I felt really isolated. Um, but I had coaches that I, and mentors that I could speak to, which were really helpful to help me navigate that. But it was definitely months and about a year after two that I was still feeling these emotions of identity crisis and existential crisis. And am I really doing what I want to be doing? And I, I couldn't really, it's it's hard to name those feelings itself. Yeah. Of, why you felt that way but it's because this was a core part of you for me it was like 22 years that that was a, yeah and when it that's taken away it's it's like a hole it, it was it felt like a loss for me yeah it's definitely and the based on even research like that first year when it your involuntary retirement is when you have all these anxious feelings and these thoughts because you, you said you're kind of like going into a hole that you've never really explored before it's something you're not prepared for and actually it's so interesting listening to your story because it's kind of similar to what I'm going through right now and mm -hmm. I also think we're just very like-minded people like a lot a lot of my teammates wanted to go and play after they all as you said like they knew they wanted to be doctors or they knew that they wanted to be teachers and when you have those like, career paths set up you already are like basically prepared for that and you're preparing for that but such as you as me when we want to keep playing and we want to keep the dream alive and then it ends involuntary such as me I tore my knee again or such mm -hmm. as you because of COVID it's just so hard to wrap your finger around it and then you really do have to find this new identity and figure out who you are right and I think I was confident in terms of maybe career when I knew it was all said and done, what I wanted to work in. But that is one piece of this holistic approach to who you are as a human. It's, it's yes, it's career, but it's also how you spend your time. It's how you're going to work out and your new workout motivations. It's who you are as a person. There was all these other factors that I was really feeling, even if I knew the job I was going to land in when I was done. Yeah, and especially even though you know the job you're going to land in, there's still this little person in the back of your head that's like, don't give up your dream, keep playing, keep working for it. And you're like, oh, it's such a hard decision to choose. Like you're getting pulled both ways in your mind of like, do I give up the dream? Because everyone tells me in 20 years from now, I'm going to want to keep playing and that, that I'm going to regret it. But then other people are like, you need to start your career. You need to start saving money. And it's just mentally so challenging because you're fighting with yourself all day, all the time. Yeah, it was a lot of pressure. And on one hand, it's, yeah, I'm playing for that little girl who said to her parents when she was five years old that she wanted to be a professional soccer player someday and that reality was real. That's that's what I was playing for and, and playing for, for myself that still had this drive and, and competitive spirit and fun playing the sport that I love. Mm -hmm. But also this pressure, I think, from going to a high academic school and having this business background and seeing all those people around me now starting those careers, it was societal pressure too that, am I making yep. the right decision here? Should I, I need to come back and start my careers. And I definitely think you just naturally feel that, that pressure that you're fighting with something that you love and you want and something that you should be doing. Um, yeah. it's, it's difficult. Yeah, societal pressures and comparing is just, it's a saying, like the thief of joy, because you're comparing to where everyone else is at. You're, oh my gosh, maybe these girls are playing even in a higher professional league than me, or these people are already got a promotion in their job, and you're like stuck in the middle, which mm -hmm. is so challenging, as I keep saying. I really don't know what to do now, and just when you compare yourself, it makes it even worse. Absolutely, and I think it was hard for me also comparing myself to others, but comparing myself with what 
I thought was the best decision for my future. And I was always thinking, I'm just a natural person that thinks two years ahead, five years ahead. I like to plan mm -hmm. things for the long run. And and I've been given advice from many people over the years. And I actually read a couple of books, one being called Be Where Your Feet Are, just to okay. be really present and focused on where you are, because you can always think, you know, the grass is greener. And when I was in Germany, I was thinking, well, I should be back doing this. And that takes away from that moment of, of happiness and joy of where you are in the present moment. So that's definitely something in the last couple of years that I've really learned to focus on is being present where you are and, and not being so anxious or worried or, or future focused that you need to be where you are today. And that was helpful yeah. for me. I think that's really great advice and something I'm even going to take to myself. And I know a lot of my friends, and I'm sure you know other of your teammates that are going through that. They're thinking so far in the future or they're thinking about in a month or two months that they don't enjoy where they are now. So if you're listening, take a deep breath, enjoy where you're at, be thankful for what you have because I'm sure it's much better than what your mind is tricking you into thinking. Yes. And that's something that I think just everyone kind of needs to take some more time and think about like, enjoy where you are, be where your feet are, or I believe that's what you said yeah. the book was called, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think too, what I also realized and started to be super intentional, I'm very introspective of understanding the moments where I yeah. felt my happiest and why and I think honestly the Maccabi games was the perfect combination of all the things that make me happy I was there with my family I was there with friends I was there in a beautiful place I was there playing yeah. a sport I love um, and those are a lot of factors that I tend to see in my life outside of Maccabi games where I'm at my happiest where I'm smiling the most where I have pure joy and I don't have these feelings of anxiety it's being able to be super introspective and notice the times that you are at your happiest and that also helps you with being super present and then you can fill your life with some of those factors too yeah 100% you definitely need to look into yourself and see what part of the sport or part of the team or what parts of that are making you happy because not only like it's not it is a sport it's in its whole but it's also the little aspects of it maybe the social aspect of being with your teammates really helps you or the social or the aspect of being super competitive but those are things in like about yourself that you could take elsewhere and be happy with those Exactly. That's what I noticed too with so many other conversations with friends and teammates and athletes and a couple athletes I've had the opportunity to speak to recently too is doing this activity with them of yes, the sport itself may where we see it lays at the core of who we are, but we have all these ambitions, all these drives, all these other parts of intangibles that we gain from sports, community, relationships, bond, that bonds that you get with being within the lines of that game. Mm -hmm. But when you take that actual physical act of playing that sport out, you still have all those things that made you who you are that exactly mm -hmm. get to take into putting, putting elsewhere. So it's just identifying that you're still driven, you're still ambitious, you're still confident, you still are, are leaders, team players, communicators, yeah. you have dreams, visions, hopes. And just because that physical act is taken away doesn't mean the rest of you goes away. A hundred percent. And it's definitely something, as you keep saying, like you need to take with yourself. But sometimes it's even hard to like, you don't realize when you're in the sport and right when you're done that you do have all these amazing aspects about yourself and you don't realize what you do enjoy because you're so focused mm -hmm. on the sport and you're so focused on being the best player you could be, sleeping enough, eating enough that you don't realize you 
are enjoying these things deeper down. So when you are done, sometimes you need to just kind of take time to better understand those yourself. And there's nothing wrong with not knowing because you've never really been explained to find out what else you like and find out what you like about yourself. So do take the time to sit and think about what you like, basically. Yeah. And and that has come from, you know, now that I'm a, over a year out, I've gotten to that place for me. Like yeah. it, it is okay. And it is normal to feel all of those feelings of who, who am I outside of sport? What do I want to do with my time? Like every single athlete goes through it when they're done and in the months leading after. And that introspective time of thinking and being present is a process and that's not going to happen overnight. It's, it's, it's a long process that you commit to yourself because as athletes, you're trained to, to, to want growth and, and to want uh, goals and ambitions, but that'll come, you know, on day one, you're going to feel the hurt and that's okay. (laughs) And that's normal. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with feeling the hurt. As you mentioned earlier, you play this sport for so long. It's your identity for so long. And also through all your coaches and your teammates and your parents, you built over time all this pressure to be this perfect athlete that when you're done, that pressure gets to you and that stress gets to you because you're dealing with what you were before till now, but there's nothing wrong with transitioning into someone new. There's also nothing wrong with taking the time, as you were just saying. It's not something that is just going to take, like, boom, one night, I'm done, I don't care about the sport anymore. Like, it was never a part of me, but deep down, it's always going to be a part of you. And like you said, it took you almost a year. I'm only, like, four months out of since I was done playing, and I'm still going through it. And Mm -hmm. it's nice to actually hear, like, it took you a year and I know you always tell yourself, oh, give yourself time, give yourself time. And, but you don't ever actually give yourself the time because you're always putting so much pressure and stuff on yourself. Right. We're naturally trained to have pressure on ourselves and we know that what we can accomplish and we know who we are. And we know that like, I was definitely a very positive, encouraging athlete on the field. So when I had these months afterwards where I wasn't really my same positive, excited self, it's also giving yourself the grace to say, that's okay. This is a major life transition and it's yeah. okay to be feeling that way. Wow, the more that I just listen to you, I'm, are we like related or something? Because we seriously are. have been, we, we probably are because we have the same mindset because I'm also a very positive and encouraging teammate. When you have, which can be difficult at times because then you even have that pressure of always having to be so positive and uplifting and be there to help others that you never really know how to help yourself. And when others are coming to you, when you're at a really low point of going through all these mental issues and like struggles that it's hard to help others when you need to be helping yourself first. 100%. I think that's so important. If you can't show up for yourself, you're not going to be able to be your best for other people. I think that's, you see that on the field itself. You, you know, I told myself every day I was, I was going to bring my best. I was going to have a smile on my face and I was going to lead by example, by doing. Um, and that's by taking care of yourself first. But that translates into the world after sports too. I'm someone who's still very well connected. I have friends, teammates, family, people probably in like every city in the US. And that's probably yeah. through sports. I have such a big network. And I <laughs> I want to be there for my network and be there for people mm-hmm. but you can't be that if you don't if you're not there for yourself first so 100 percent, you need to prioritize your mental health your physical health the whole scope of who you are as a person before you can show up for the people yeah and it's so amazing that you are able to still reach out to all these people and your mentors and your coaches because I mean, I I also am so thankful that I have those people to reach out to but a lot of times people don't If you are struggling with having someone to reach out to or you don't feel comfortable like 
verbally talking to someone or just being like, hey, I'm struggling, which is what a lot of athletes do struggle with is coming out of having this perfect life and being able to relate what's going on with them to someone else. And I think Taylor has an amazing thing that she's been doing that she's now going to introduce called Athlete X, where she has opened up a space for athletes that are going through everything we've been talking about to have someone to talk about it with. Yeah, perfect segue. I'm so excited about this new business that I'm launching um, that basically takes into consideration everything we've been talking about today about how it can you can feel really alone in that transition after sport and how so many organizations, teams take care of you while you're still a player. But then once you're done, you're kind of left to fend for yourself. And it's this period of, well, now what? Where, where did my trainer go? Where did all my teammates go? Where did my coaches go? How do I feel my body when I'm not feeling for tomorrow's game when it's just for life. But the biggest thing that I noticed with myself and with so many athletes that I had phone calls with all over the world is that when it's all said and done, the biggest thing that you miss is your community and the 100%. Because that's that's what we all thrive off, off of is our bonds, our relationship with other people. So what I am building is a company called Athletics that will be a national network of former athletes to connect you so you never have to feel alone. So you always have a teammate, a coach, and a mentor to lean on no matter where you are. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, really excited about it. It's amazing. I've been looking into it since you started talking about it and when I wanted to interview you before because this is what you were working on. And I think it's so amazing that you're able to help others find this community, which is something I'm also trying to do through this podcast. And I think it's something that's so under-talked about and so under-researched. I've been doing so much research on the mental health of athletes when they're done in like, the community. And there are no scientific research papers done about it like no instant research in I mean in high school seven million people play high school sports that's a lot of athletes that are struggle then everyone else that is going to play in a college sport like those are a lot of athletes that are just they have no community when they're done like no one's reaching out to you and the social social health is so important as you said you grow up with this community for so long you're with your teammates for so long and you get your happiness from being with these other people and being in a social environment and then when you're done it is not only are you figuring out yourself but now you don't have a community surrounded about you to talk about it Exactly. And that's exactly what I wanted to just build is this community organization and it'll it'll have local chapters in every city. So when we all run off after college or after pro, whenever you're done playing and you land somewhere else, you actually have people within your proximity to meet up with and connect with and share on new goals and new career paths, new ambitions and, and interests beyond sports, but you're able to connect with people within your own market and actually and I want to have events and educational programming um, and workshops, speaker series, places where athletes can come and just have this personal advancement because like I said earlier, we all just are looking for ways to continue to grow and being able mm -hmm. to offer kind of programs and, and speaking events um, that will attribute to that. And then access to resources is a big one because when yes. you're at your school itself or the team itself, you know where your coach is, you know where the trainer is, you know where the sports performance coach is, maybe you have a nutritionist, a sports psychologist, that you yeah. have a whole access to resource resources while you are at that organization itself. But when you go out in the real world, it's not as easy to find those vetted professionals who you trust. I've been yeah. dealing with a back injury for the last year, and I've had to fly to three different states talking to all these different yeah. doctors just to figure out 
what's going on, but also have people who, who I trust that are going to support me. And so definitely with this organization too, it's bringing the athletes vetted resources on a holistic approach for anything that they're dealing with, who we trust, who they can trust too. So there's a lot of different pillars to what I'm building, but I think that's a, that's a really big, important one too. Yeah, that everything you just mentioned is so important in things I've talked about in this podcast, because there's so much more behind what's going on, like with with the athletes when they're done and there's so much behind what you don't see and it's like that you have all these resources and then it's none no one reaches out to you and also the trust is such a big thing I know I'm sure you could just trust your athletic trainer with anything you're like oh they're gonna do this I'm okay with that or your nutritionist you're like yes they, they understand me they know what I like to eat like they know what to give to me oh my gosh like who who knows me now who like who can I trust now and the fact that you're gonna be giving that is so amazing and I applaud you so much for doing that yeah, I think that's so important because what I saw too is all of a sudden you have to become your own trainer and you have to become mm-hmm. your own nutritionist and you have to, you're really your own advocate for your own health, but you also want the resources of people who are who are experts and who trust you and just understand you on a level that you once had while you were in sports. And just an example is what I'm thinking of is I used to cramp all the time and so mm-hmm. I was dehydrated all the time but my trainer knew as soon as I was having a moment on the field he would run out roll my leg out my goalkeeper would run over get me Gatorade it yeah. was a process the system we were all a part of we knew Taylor's going down we gotta got get <laughs> back up but that comes within being a community of people you trust and understand everything about you, the full experience. And that's exactly from a larger perspective, what I wanted to create is just a space where you have people you trust, where you can lean on, who understand your experiences and, and moments that you went through because you were both athletes, could different sports, different schools, doesn't matter. You still understand the same processes and being able to now share in a space and connect is exciting to me. Yeah, no, that is so exciting. And I think that is so amazing. Yeah. So on top of that, you've been mentioning, I've been mentioning, there are like, let's say 40 different pillars of things we've talked about that you can struggle with when you are done. So if you are struggling, that is okay. There's so many different aspects, so many different levels to things that are new to you and there's nothing wrong with them being new to you but going through that transition and having other people that are going through it in the community I'm sure it's going to help so much because there are just so many different pillars that you're challenging at the same exact time 100% it's definitely a scale you know everyone experiences this transition differently on all different respects of that kind of holistic I'd say wellness checklist from social to financial to physical to uh, mental health it's, it's the whole picture I believe there's there's a, a wellness checklist from the Gallup Institute that, that looks yeah. at the, this research on kind of the five fundamental things that we need as humans and mm-hmm. understanding of how we can support from an organization community perspective to make sure we're hitting all of those five pillars to help you as a, as a whole human being, um, but understanding yeah. that everyone goes through it at a different scale and just making sure that you know you're not alone wherever you are on that scale. Yeah, that is so amazing because everything's intertwined. Everything just is all connected and they're all going to affect you in different ways. And we hope our goal, I guess, with my podcast and your business is like to make the process a little bit easier, have someone to lean on, have someone that you can relate to. Because I think, at least for me personally, that's the easiest thing for me when I'm able to relate to other people that are going through the same thing. 
Yes, when you're able to share. And that's, I'll also talk about one other thing that I'm t- doing this spring because I think it would yeah. be super beneficial for athletes. If there are any college seniors who are listening, um, we're launching a program called Onward this spring, which will be a six part workshop series on many of the topics that we've talked about today identity workshop, um, nutrition workshop, workout workshop, and how to define your new goals and, and who you mm-hmm. are and how to bring that competitive spirit to new arenas, financial literacy. And then the last one will be on just community, the power of networking. We're bringing in a bunch of different panelists who have um, excelled in in various career fields after sport and just being able to offer this for seniors who are graduating, leaving school itself as its own transition. But on top of that, now you're, you're leaving your sport too, and you're deciding to what's next in the world. So bringing this, this program, that'll be super beneficial and exciting in a space, like you said, just to connect and start sharing stories and learnings and, and understanding on some of these topics for um, student athletes who are, who are leaving. Yeah, so anyone that's listening that is a senior, that is such an amazing opportunity. I wish I had something like that when I was finishing, yeah. and I know a lot of my teammates wish I wish they did because, it's as she said, not only are you transitioning out of a student into the real world, you're also losing your identity, your sport that you've played for 20-some years. So it's not easy. And so along with that, Taylor, what, just to like wrap this all up, what are your three top tips you would give to somebody repurposing themselves after sports? Yeah, I think definitely taking the time to be introspective and realizing the things that make you who you are. It could have been that you gained from sports or in general and identifying these are my strengths. These are who I am. These are my core values and where you can apply that to all different aspects of your life. I spent a lot of time doing that for myself of knowing I was driven and how that was going to show up in a relationship perspective, in a work perspective, and starting to understand how all these facets facets that you know who you are apply to so many things, not just career, yeah. it's family, it's travel, it's experiences. So you can start to tap into who you are as, as a core into these other areas, I think was a really big one for me too. I'd say lean on your network, lean on your community. Chances are someone else has gone through similar things that you have gone through and being able to connect with people who are more willing to share than you think. So it's being vulnerable and and understanding that it's okay to talk about these things and share with people and utilize your community around you that it's all here just to contribute to your over well-being and happiness. Um, And then I'd say, too, is just finding something that you love, that you're passionate, you know, and and are you really excited about the things that you're doing? And for me, that was starting a company. This is something that fuels me. There's a lot of late hours that I, that I'm working, yeah. and you know, it's not work if you love it. So, so really making sure whatever you do that you turn to next is something that truly fills your cup and that you love. So, I'd say those three things are, are some things to tap into. I think those are three amazing tips and I really think those are three things people can actually take with them and use and not just something that like goes in one year and out the other. It's something that can be used, something that needs to be used and something that you really do need to focus on. So I think everything you mentioned in the podcast today is just ways that other athletes can go through these struggles and through these mental struggles and just all the pillars that are new to you. And I think everything you gave in your new company are ways that you were able to re-identify yourself outside of this amazing soccer player that you were. 
Thank you. And I will say just to end on too, is, you know, you're not alone. What I realize mm -hmm. and what, what you know, and all the conversations you're having with people and letting people come on and share their story and the hours of research and conversations I've had is millions of people are chatting about this all over yep. the world. You know, the Maccabi games, I was there with people from 70 yep. different countries having these same conversations and everyone is talking about it. So understanding that you're not alone in that process and who you are as an athlete is going to take you so far with what is next, but it's just about leaning on the people around you and the team around you, a coach around you, a mentor to help get you there. So yeah, I think that's great. And just to end Taylor, what is like your your Instagram for your company and yours if people are listening. Yeah, so you can check us out on Instagram, athletics.official. So athletics is A-T-H-L-E-T-E-X um, dot official. You can check us out on Instagram. You can look us up on our website. And we have a lot of things that we are going to be launching over the next year, starting with this Onward program, looking to get people to sign up. So if you or know someone within your network who could really benefit from this program, please, please share with them. We really want to offer something that's going to be extremely impactful. Yes, amazing. If anyone's listening, please share it around. I'm sure I'll be sharing it around too. And if you have any questions, reach out to me or Taylor. I'm sure we're, we're both there to help. We're both available to help. And we're both basically on the same mission right now to help other athletes going through this, this process. So Taylor, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. This was by far my favorite episode. This is also episode 10, which is kind of a little milestone, I would say. So I'm so thankful you were able to come on today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing that you are creating this space to also put everyone's stories kind of at scale for your listeners. So I'm very grateful to, that you have created this space and that I could come on and speak today. So thank you. Well, thank you so much.